Well, we're entering an exciting few weeks together here as a church family. I think it's over the eight, next eight weeks or so, there's something like four dedications which are happening here at Hope Baptist Church. This is truly turning out to be dedication season. Let's be honest, we saw it coming. We've had a lot of babies born in the last year or so, but it's exciting, isn't it, that we get to come together as the family of God, as the church family here, after the last couple of years that we have faced together, and really celebrate together the gift of new life and the gift of community together. And it got me thinking When we start to think about dedications and the reason we do it and the purpose behind it, it got me thinking really about our relationship with God. You see, as we've already touched upon a little bit this morning when we read out the scriptures in Olivia's dedication, there's this passage in scripture where people were bringing children to Jesus. And as they were bringing their children to Jesus, the disciples, for whatever reason, were becoming a little bit indignant about what was going on. They were looking at the situation and thinking to themselves, I think, do you not know who this man is? And you're bothering him with your children. Do you not know if all these children are about, they're going to get in the way of the actual ministry? Let's get the children out of the way as quickly as possible and let Jesus do what he needs to do and then we can worship him in a nice, quiet, peaceful surround with no children bothering us. But Jesus turns to his disciples at this point and he says, let the little children come to me. And then he goes on to say something really which I believe every single believer in Jesus Christ needs to hear. In Mark 10, 15, we read this. Truly I say to you, Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. The call for each and every one of us today is to come to God and receive him like a child. That's not to say we come to God in a childish manner. Plenty of Christians over the years have interpreted this particular scripture in that way. But the call of Jesus is that as Christians, we should be people who have a very childlike faith. And so, for the next few weeks over this dedication season, every time we have a dedication here in this place, we're going to take a break from our current sermon series, and we're going to be embarking on a mini-sermon series, which I've entitled, Like a Child. And we're going to be looking at what it means for us, as Christians here in this place, in this year, to have a childlike faith. And to do that, we'll focus together on some of the attributes of God from the perspective of a child. So this morning, I want to spend some time together focusing on the goodness of God. A child might put it like this, my God is for me. And our next dedication, we're going to be looking at the presence of God together. A child might say, my God is with me. And then we'll look at together the grace of God. A child might say, my God forgives me. And then finally, we'll look at the power of God together. And a child might say, my God can do anything. The fact of the matter is, unless we have a childlike faith for ourselves, we'll never really experience everything that God wants us to experience. Many people in this room have raised or are raising children in a Christian home. And it's amazing, isn't it? When you speak to a child about God, they simply accept what you say. 
So I'm pretty confident you could go and ask any of my kids this morning what they think about God, and they will tell you that God is for them, that God loves them, that God forgives them, and God can do anything. And they won't tell you that because they're the pastor's children. They'll tell you that because that's what they've been taught about God, and as a result, that's what they believe about God. They have such a a simple faith when it comes to Jesus, but there's just something so beautiful about the faith of a child. But for many of us, somewhere along the line, that childlike faith simply gets bashed out of us. Someone in our family gets sick and dies. Our parents get divorced. We see constant rows and arguments. We get bullied at school. And that childlike faith that once said, my God is for me, suddenly begins to disappear in our life. And in reality, maybe that's the case for a lot of people here in this room. Maybe you started growing up with that belief in God. And at one point, you could say for yourself that God was for you. He was good. He was just. He was holy. He is merciful. But life somehow got in the way. The realities of living in a fallen world with sinful people knocked that childlike faith out of you. And maybe you're here today or you're watching online and you find yourself in a place where you're saying, you know, every week I hear that God loves me. Every week I hear that God is for me. And once I believed that, I truly believed that, but now I simply just don't know anymore. What I want to do this morning is to briefly show you from the Bible that God is for you. No matter what your life experiences have been up to this point, no matter how you have fared during this pandemic, no matter what has happened, no matter how uncertain the future might feel for you, I want you to see once again today that God is for you. But you know, me just preaching on this topic or even just reading some scripture out to you which supports what I'm going to say probably won't change your mind this morning if you are in a place where you're not really sure that God is for you. That will only come through the Holy Spirit transforming you from the inside out. So before I go on, I just want to take a moment to pause once again and just to pray this morning that the Holy Spirit just meets with each and every one of us and gives us all a word in season for what we need today. So let's just pray together. Father God, I want to thank you that you are for us. I want to thank you, Lord God, that you are a good God. And I pray, Holy Spirit, right now, will you open our ears, open our hearts to what you would have to say to each and every one of us. Come, Holy Spirit, here in this place this morning. Do what only you can do. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. The first place that I want to take you this morning as we begin to think about these things together is Jeremiah 29 and chapter 11. You probably know the verse. Maybe some of you have even got this on your fridge at home. It simply says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for good and not for evil, to prosper you and to give you a future and a hope. This was a promise which was given to God's people Israel at a specific time, in a specific place, for a specific purpose. But 
What I want us to see today is though this promise was for a specific people, actually this is a promise for you and I together today as well. God speaks this over you. And it's perhaps one of the clearest verses in Scripture which shows us God's heart for his people. What kind of plans does he have for his people? For good and not for evil. What kind of plans does he have for his people? To give them a future and a hope. And I genuinely believe today that with all of my heart, God speaks that over us, corporately as Hope Baptist Church and individually as the people of God. His plans for your life are for good and not for evil, to prosper you, to give you a future and a hope. And if you're going through a difficult time right now, God wants to give you hope that the future is for you. He is for you going forward. Paul put it like this in Romans chapter 8 and verse 31 when he asked this question, if God is for us, who can be against us? There is power in that statement this morning. If God is for us, who can be against us? And you know, when we truly understand what Paul's getting at here in Romans 8:31, it gives us a whole new confidence that we walk in. Let me give you an example. When I went to secondary school, like a lot of kids at secondary school, I probably had a bit of a mixed time at secondary school. 70% of my time was all right. It was, yeah, it was all right. 30% of the time, like a lot of kids, I experienced a little bit of bullying here and there. And for me, most of the bullying that I experienced didn't actually happen in the school grounds. It happened on the bus, on the way to school, and on the way back from school. And it was the kind of things that a lot of kids face. You know, I'd have my bad nicked, I'd get pushed about a bit, I'd get prevented from getting on the bus by some older kids. The kind of things, unfortunately, children do to one another. But there was one point that it got to me so much that of an evening when I was at home, I just broke down and cried. And my dad said to me, don't worry, Luke, I've got a day off tomorrow, so I'm going to come to the bus stop with you. These kids don't know who I am, so I'm going to come to that bus stop, I'm going to observe what's going on, and then I'm going to sort it out. And I'll tell you something, that next day, when I went to that bus stop, I went knowing that my dad was behind me, and actually these bullies weren't going to get to me. My dad saw it, he observed it, he sorted it out, it didn't happen again. And if that's the case... From me going to school one day, knowing I had someone bigger in my corner who's going to fight my fight, how much more so should we be confident that if God says, the creator of the universe, I am for you, the one who, with just his word, created everything, how much more confidence should that give us when we walk in uncertain times and in uncertain situations that God is for us? How do we know that God is for us? He didn't spare his own son, but he gave him up for us all. And just like when I realized my dad was in my corner that day, we can look at scripture and we can see that God is for us because he sent his only begotten son into this world for you. And that changes our perspective. And this morning, I want to give you three very brief perspective changes that knowing that God is for us really gives us in our life and what it brings about for us in our life. If we were to open ourselves up to the whisper of God today and hear him say the words, you are mine. Perspective change number one is this. When I realize that God is for me, I don't run from God, but I run to God. 
When I realize that God is for me, I don't run from God, but I run to God. The thing is, when we don't trust God, generally our nature is to run and to hide from God. Think about the account in the Garden of Eden for a second. I'm sure you know the story. Adam and Eve, they do the one thing that God has told them not to do, and then they hear God in the garden, and we read in verse, chapter 3 and verse 10, after God had called to them and says to them, where are you? These words, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. When we have an understanding of who God is, that he is this awesome, holy king, the one who created everything, and when we see who we are in comparison to God, in some ways, our natural reaction at times is to run. Because we have all thought things wrong, we've all said things wrong, we've all done things wrong, which the Bible calls sin. And just like how Peter reacted when he first saw the miraculous signs of Jesus, our natural reaction is to want to get away. I'm sure you know the story of Peter. Peter was a fisherman. He'd been out fishing all night on one particular occasion, and he had caught absolutely nothing. This happens twice in the accounts of Peter, which suggests he's not a good fisherman, but that's another story for another day. But this particular occasion, he's out all night, he catches nothing. And Jesus turns up. He doesn't know who Jesus is at this point. And Jesus says to Peter, hey, Peter, let's go fishing. And Peter's like, I've been fishing all night. I don't want to go fishing again, but because you've said it, I'll do it. And Peter goes fishing, and he catches this miraculous catch of fish. And when he sees all of these fish in his boat, his reaction to Jesus is, go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. When we begin to gain an understanding of who God is, and we look at ourselves, our natural reaction is to say, I can't be anywhere near this God. Whereas the Bible makes it very clear that this awesome and holy God is for us. He loves us with an unconditional love, so much so that he sent Jesus into the world. Having an understanding of these things changes our perspective because no longer do we want to run away from God when going gets tough, but we run to him knowing that he is going to take care of us. Proverbs 18 verse 10 says it like this, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into him, and they are safe. God is for you this morning. You don't have to run from God, but you can run to him. Who are the righteous that Proverbs speaks about? The righteous are those who have put their trust in Jesus. Many of us today need to stop running from God. We need to stop resisting God and instead run to him, knowing that he will meet our needs according to his riches in glory. Secondly, When we realize that God is for us, we don't live for God's approval, we live from God's approval. And that really changes everything, because I no longer have to live for God's approval. One of the things which breaks my heart is when a Jehovah's Witness knocks on my door. It doesn't happen very often these days, because generally what happens is I end up getting blacklisted by the Jehovah's Witnesses, and they, they, they skip my door out. But it really breaks my heart when I get into a conversation with a Jehovah's Witness because many of them are really lovely people. And the problem is they are so close to the truth, but yet so far away at the same time. The very reason that Jehovah's Witnesses will often go out week by week and knock on people's doors is because they simply don't have a correct understanding of who Jesus is and what he has done. 
So for the Jehovah Witness, the only chance that they will have of reaching a new creation is if they do enough works in this life in order to be in the right side of God. If they don't do enough works, come Armageddon, they'll simply cease to exist. That's their understanding. And you know, too many Christians go around with the same mindset that we have to earn God's favor, that we have to do something in order to make God approve of us. And what happens is we end up in this constant cycle of guilt that says, I need to do something, I can't live up to the task, I need to do more. I need to do something, I can't live up to the task, I need to do more. But what does the Bible say? Romans chapter 5 and verse 8 says this, but God shows his love for us that whilst we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I want to tell you today, church, that God is for you. He is for you so much that whilst you were still far off from God, he came. Not when he had seen you'd done enough works, he came and sorted it out. Whilst you were still far off from God, whilst you were still his enemy, Jesus came. So for those of us who walk around at times afraid that we're not hitting the mark, let me tell you something this morning. You're not hitting the mark. You cannot hit the mark. But Jesus did. So if you're a Christian here today, you have his approval. So you don't need to live for it, but we can begin to live from it. Do you see how that frees us up? God is not like some dad on the sidelines of a football match shouting at his child saying, you're not doing well enough. You've got to up your game. You've got to do more. And then berating them and giving them a clip around the ear when they come off the pitch and say, that was rubbish. God is not like that. He's the kind of dad who is cheering us on from the sidelines, regardless of how we do. And when we realize that, that brings freedom to how we live. Because our approval is not bound up in our success. Thank God for that. The third and final point that I want you to see this morning as we talk about this idea that my God is for me and your God is for you is this. When we realize that God is for us, we won't fear what happens to us because we understand that God is working within us. Let me say that again. When we realize that God is for us, we won't fear what uh, happens to us because we have an understanding that God is working in us. We read these words in Romans 8, 28 this morning, and we know that for all those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. How many things work together for good for those who love him? All things work together for good for those who love him. And we read these words in Philippians 2 and verse 13. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. When we realize that God is for us, when the storms of life hit, when those times come along, which make us feel like everything is capitulating around us. And let's face it, we have faced a lot of those times in the last few years, and it doesn't seem like they're going to stop anytime soon. As a Christian, we don't fear, because we know the one who holds the future. And in the middle of it, in the middle of pandemics and wars and price rises, God works in us and through us to bring hope to a world which so desperately needs it. We stand upon a solid rock. All other ground is sinking sand, as the old hymn says. God 
wants to change, I believe, some people's perspectives here in this place today. God wants to remind you today that he is for you, that you are his. And he wants you to know once again, I believe today, that the plans he has for your life are for good and not for evil, to prosper you, to give you a future and a hope. We're going to draw this into land now, but as we do, I want to show you a video, and then Zoe will come up and lead us through the rest of our time together this morning. But I'm going to pray, and then we'll watch this video together as part of the response that we will have. Let's pray together.